When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama, what a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast on a Friday. Game day tomorrow. Scene setter will drop on the podcast platform, so make sure you're subscribed. Today we are loaded. You're going to hear the assistant coaches show, and we're going to kick the show off with the man who helped engineer some great Sooner offenses, and he is on the call Saturday night pay-per-view for OU Missouri State. Chuck Long kicks off the Sooner Sports Podcast on a Friday. So, Coach, first and foremost, I mean, f- fill us in. W- what have you been up to? What's been going on in the world and the life of Chuck Long? Well, I run a, a nonprofit health and wellness uh, uh, organization in Iowa. Nice. Uh, we touch about 200,000 lives a year across the state of Iowa. We we have a lot of programs, uh, including summer games, winter games, et cetera, and we – you know, we're all year long and we just try to keep people active and healthy and we're health and wellness, sports and recreation. That's what we do. That's awesome. Um, I did work as a, as an offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach with the XFL St. Louis Battlehawks last spring before it, the season got cut short because of COVID-19. Uh, Jonathan Hayes, uh, who, you know, he, he and I worked together at Oklahoma back right. in the day. Um, we, uh, you know, he was, he was our head coach. We had a very, very good year. And, and we, uh, we of course played Bob Stoops and his bunch down there in Dallas, but, uh, they got cut short. So that was, that's what I've been doing. And then I'm, I'm an analyst for the big 10 network. Of course, there's no big 10 football this year. Uh, so, uh, Fox called me up and, uh, I'm doing the Oklahoma Missouri state game. Excited to do it. Yeah. We're excited to have you real quick before we get into some of your thoughts on what you've seen from Oklahoma so far. How cool was that to be able to go back up and not only coach with 
Coach Hayes, but also go up against Coach Stoops. A lot of – and Matty McMillan was down there with Bob Blake Kinsey was, was there with him as well. How fun was that to kind of see some familiar faces? It was great. Uh, it, it made you realize what a small world the football world is. <laughs> and, you know, a coach told me a long time ago in the football world, say you're going to cross paths with people all the time. And you'd be surprised how many times you do it. And, you know, uh, I hadn't I hadn't coached with Bob or against him in a, in a you know, long, long time. And lo and behold, we're we're in the XFL together and we're playing the first game against each other. So it was really it was really cool uh, setup. You know, we were able to practice against them and and, and we were with them quite a bit before that first game. So. And they enabled me to get get to you know get to see Bob and and get around him um, and of course working for Jonathan was excellent. Uh, he he's really a shining star in coaching right now as a head coach. He'll, he's really on his way. He needs another opportunity to do it, uh, but he's really on his way to becoming a really good head coach in, in, in any, at any level. But the football world is a small world, Chris. It's, <laughs> it's something that you know when you, you cross paths over and over. It's really very unique and. I hope it gets going again. Um, Chuck, this isn't the first game that you've called. Did you not do a spring game not too long ago? Uh, I have. It's been a while since I've been down there. I did a spring game, um, oh, I don't know, four or five years ago down there. um, I I do some kind of game, primarily Big Ten games every year for the last years, but now I've had a chance to, to do a real Oklahoma game, so I'm excited. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up is, you know, this isn't necessarily um, the, the the first time you've been here since you left and took over at San Diego State, but it, no. has, it had been a while, though, since you've been to Norman. Of course, you're, you had, what, your boy went to school here, so there's there's a lot of good memories here in Norman, isn't there? Great memories. We still have a home there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, we have a home in Norman, and, and I work in Iowa, but we have a home in Norman. Uh, two, my two sons both graduated from the University of Oklahoma. I've had a long tradition in my own family of Oklahoma Sooners. My grandparents and my parents uh, went to Oklahoma, and and uh, so I know the history of it. I know the football history of it, and I think that'll make it a really good telecast on Saturday night to be able to uh, infuse my history in in with the with the telecast. But uh, yeah. Uh, we still have a home there. My my two sons and daughter live in Oklahoma City, and um, yeah, so I I still get back uh, uh, quite a bit and and really enjoy Norman. I I enjoy the state, and uh, you know, again, I just have great affection for it, and, and I'm glad to be back Saturday night. All right, one final trip down memory lane. In 1999, after that season wrapped up, you were the Iowa quarterbacks coach. I mean, Chuck, you're an Iowa legend. Probably could have been there the rest of your life coaching. What made you decide to come to Norman with Coach Stoops? Well, I I, I wanted to work for Bob. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I heard a lot of good things about him in his first year there. And, and um, Jonathan Hayes was on his original staff. And and when when Bob was interested in me, uh, Jonathan told me, hey, this, this guy's really good to work for. And and we're going to do some really good things here at Oklahoma. And, and, and also I will, I, I have to admit just my history and with, with Oklahoma. And, and again, my parents going to school there, uh, graduates uh, of university of Oklahoma and, and knowing that history, my, I, I, you know, my father was on cloud nine when I went back <laughs> to his alma mater to coach, but 
uh, I knew Bob was on his way as a head coach. And I want, you know, when you, when you know something that's going to be good, you want to be a piece of it. You want to get, be a part of it. I mean, and uh, I certainly wanted to be a part of his uh, regime and glad I did. We came into 2001, the national championship and went to two others, won three big Ted, uh, big 12 titles under Bob. And, but, um, you just you just had that feeling about him that he's going to do some great things in his coaching career, and I wanted to be a part of it. We were uh, we're doing a show this year. It's uh, we're looking back. We're going through every game of the 2000 season. It's kind of fun because uh, right. Teddy, Teddy Lehman, who was on that team, he was no, he wasn't the Butkus Award winner yet. But it's been kind of wild to to go back. We just finished the Arkansas State game from that year, so we've gone through the first two, and it's crazy, Coach, to see where that team started against UTEP in 2000 to where they ended up. Because, again, that, don't get me wrong, it's still a good team, but, man, that team just really found another level. What, about the Nebraska game, it seemed, that year? Yeah, the, the great story for you. Um, you know, we played a non-conference, and we weren't very good. Uh, we, we were kind of fighting our way through it. We, we won the games. I mean, handily, they, they, there wasn't much of a threat, but we weren't. We were kind of an ugly 4-0, and then we played Kansas the first game, and uh, they, had us, they had us down at halftime. Not a lot of people remember that, but we were losing to Kansas at halftime, and we went off the field with some boo birds <laughs> at halftime. We ended up coming back and winning the game. The very next week, we're playing Texas, okay? And this is vintage Bob Stoops. You know, we're, we're an ugly 5-0. and oh. I mean, we're, we're nowhere near a polished unit at all. And uh, we're in on a Sunday night, get, you know, Sunday night getting ready for Texas. And usually, you know, you stay until midnight, you know, 11 o'clock or midnight or whatever. 6 p.m., about 6 o'clock p.m., Bob uh, knocks on all of our doors and says, uh, knocks on our meeting door and says, hey, you guys go home. We're going we're gonna to beat the heck out of them. <laughs> And we're like looking at him. I, I, I remember Mark Mangino, our offensive coordinator at the time, looked up at Bob and said, "Are you, Bob, are you crazy? Have you seen us play? <laughs> we're, we're not even near where we should be. And you want us to go home? He goes, yep, go home. I already watched the tape. We're going we're gonna to beat the heck out of Texas. <laughs> so we all went home. I, I remember coming home early. My wife, uh, Lisa, says, what are you doing? I said, Bob sent us home. He thinks we're going to beat the heck out of Texas. He goes, "Have you have you got have you seen you play? You guys aren't very good right now." And uh, I said, "I know, honey, but he wants us to go home and get some rest." She goes, "Okay." And lo and behold, we go into the game. We beat him what sixty-five to seventeen or whatever it was, and we're like thinking. Holy cow! How did Bob know that? You know, <laughs> that is an awesome story. Hey, yeah, uh, that's a good story. Uh, speaking of awesome stories, I think you're going to get to see the birth of one on Saturday night, and it's the first start for Spencer Rattler. You, you, when you went into Iowa, you came in with high expectations as a quarterback. Uh, I don't know. In maybe, gosh, the last twenty years, if we've seen a guy as as hyped as Spencer Rattler has been, what's right. the, what's a key chuck to being able to handle that hype and be able to stay within yourself? Uh, it, that is the key is to be able to handle it, stay within yourself. And, uh, you know, being a five-star quarterback coming out of high school, at least he understands that hype and, uh, he, he know that that will help him because he's been hyped since high school, but this is a whole different animal at Oklahoma. And he's been there long enough, like, you know, two years now where he understands 
number one, he understands the the pressure at Oklahoma. He's seen it with the, you know, Jalen Hurts last year, uh, you know, with, with the guys before him, you know, Kyler Murray, et cetera. The, these are um, really, you know, having Jalen Hurts last year was really, really helped him be just because of the maturity that Jalen had. And, and that, that was a great quarterback to be under, uh, the perfect quarterback to be under for a year in, with the pressure of Oklahoma. It's just a different animal at Oklahoma. And you got to embrace it. You have to, you have to do that. If you don't embrace it, it's going to bother you. It's going to, it's going to get to you. You know, he has all the tools. He's athletic. He can throw the ball every, every part of the field. Now it becomes the mental part for Spencer handling the, the pressure of Oklahoma football. The expectations there are unlike any other place in the country. Maybe Alabama is the same way. I'm, I'm sure, but, there's not a lot like it. You know, they expect a championship, uh, at least a Big 12 championship every year. So that's the part he's going to have to learn to handle. And, and let's not forget, I don't think he's taken a hit in two years. Right, right. You know, he, you know, he hasn't had the, the Big 12 hit, you know, the, the game time hit. The, you know, when, the, when all the bullets are flying and, and it's chaotic, chaotic around him, he hasn't had that for two years. So that's the part he's going to have to get used to as well. And, and there's nothing like that. That first hit you get as a quarterback when you haven't had it in a while, just kind of shake the cobwebs up. You get up from that hit and you go, Oh, that's not so bad. Let's, let's get, let's get this thing rolling. But that's, uh, that's what he's still, that's what's still out there uh, for him just to be able to take that first hit. He hadn't been hit in two years. Coach, I'll let you go on this. Chuck Long's our guest. He'll be on the call Saturday night, pay-per-view with Chad McKees, uh, Oklahoma and Missouri State. I know you've had a chance to really dive in. I know you're excited to get back up and, and, and watch this team. But are, are there anything – I mean, obviously we focus so much on skill position, guys. But defense, you're two under Alex Grinch with speed D. That's going to be interesting. A lot of new faces. CD gone at receiver. I mean – this is going to be a fun night. I know that Missouri State doesn't wow a lot of people, but I love all the storylines going into this game. Great storylines. You got you got Oklahoma kids on, on Missouri State's roster oh, you know, yeah. from Oklahoma. You know they're going to have that that extra edge or whatever you call it uh, motivation. Uh, this is a this is a young Oklahoma team. I mean, this is about probably as young as they've had in a while. And and, uh, you know, with all their, their great graduates, like you mentioned, C.D. Lamb and those guys are all gone. Uh, there's enough talent, obviously, and they've recruited so well. But, again, it's, hey, I'm, I'm like everybody, uh, you know, the fan base. Let's see what you have out there. And it all starts with Rattler, your young quarterback. But there's a lot of young people out there or haven't played a ton of football at Oklahoma that everybody wants to see. So, I, like anything, you're going to have guys that, you have great expectations for that may not, you know, have the greatest game of their life. And then you're going to have some guys that, Oh, who's that guy? (laughs) Who's that? You know, uh, uh, he's going to be really good. So um, you you wonder how the game's going to go. Obviously you want, if you're an Oklahoma fan, you want to, you want to blow out, you want to, you know, want a nice cushion in the game so you can see as many guys as you can uh, play in this game. But, the most important thing is is trying to get that win, and Missouri State's not going to come in and lay down. Bobby Petrino's an accomplished coach, and he knows what he's doing. So 
they will be motivated coming into the game. Coach, I can't wait to hear you tomorrow night. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, safe travels here to Norman, and we just appreciate you coming on the podcast with us. You bet. Thank you very much, Chris. Man, how cool was that? I really enjoyed getting to talk to Chuck Long, and I'm excited. He'll be on the pay-per-view broadcast Saturday night, Oklahoma, Missouri State. Find pay-per-view information at Soonersports.com. And don't forget, we'll have you covered on the Sooner Radio Network, 6 p.m. kick, 4 o'clock pregame show, Franchise 107.7 FM here in the Oklahoma City slash Norman area in Tulsa, 97.5 KMOD, 1430 The Buzz. And then outside the, uh, I guess, state of Oklahoma, a lot of great affiliates throughout the state of Oklahoma. But if you're traveling, you're outside the, I guess, maybe what would be considered an affiliate area, we encourage you to download the TuneIn radio app. And on game day, simply search Oklahoma Sooners or make sure you favorite it and you'll always have the play-by-play broadcast right at your fingertips. So thanks to Chuck Long. Well, what do you say we get some perspective from the coaches? The Assistant Coaches Show airs every Thursday night on the Sooner Radio Network, and we bring it to you in podcast form with Gabe Eichert joining me this year and our coaches to kick things off in 2020, Sooner Offensive Line Coach Bill Biedenboe and Defensive Coordinator Alex Grinch. Let's go. Welcome back. To a new season of Sooner football, it's the Coach's Corner presented by Riverwind. New season, new look. Gabe Eichard, nice. <laughs> hey, you got to bring the righty out of the bullpen that's, sometimes. That's awesome. And obviously, battling through a pandemic and COVID-19, coaches will join us virtually this year. So for the eighth straight season, we say hello to Sooner offensive line coach Bill Biedenboe to kick off the 2020 season. Coach, welcome to the Coach's Corner. Unique season, but how's the preparation going for you? No, I think it's been pretty good. You know, if you go all the way back to the spring, it's been an up and down, you know, thing for the players. I think they, for the most part, have handled it really good. You know, it's, uh, they're young kids. It's tough for anybody going through this, but now you got 18 to 22-year-old kids and, you know, not knowing if you're going to play the season, not knowing when you're coming back to school, you know, what's going to happen. So there's a lot of things going in and out of their minds. And I think they've handled it really well. And, and I thought today, you know, it was a really good practice for us Wednesday, which needs to be. So we're on the right path. The rest of the couple of days right now are mental. And, you know, we're fired up to get out there Saturday. Now, Coach, you've, you've always been a guy that, you know, likes to play with lineups in a practice how has this been different for you? How, how many different combinations have you tried to try out during practice? Because you, you really don't know when you're going to have to use those different lineups. Yeah, and we were going to do it anyway, but we've been forced to. You know, I was thinking back uh, yesterday, I was actually thinking through it, and I, we've got 20 offensive linemen right now, 16. I want to say 16 are on scholarship and four walk-ons. I think up to this point, I may be off by one, but we've had four guys, four out of the 20 that have been there every practice. And there's, there's a variety of reasons. Maybe a guy got sick, the COVID, the contact trace, being injured. But I've never been through that in a career. You know, luckily we've had, we've got a bunch of depth right now, so we've been able to practice. If this was last year, I mean, heck, we would have had a hard time practicing, but, you know, we got a bunch of guys. So, yes, we've had to move guys around, and I think that's going to continue throughout the season. You know, you just – you never know. I mean, we had a test this morning, a COVID test. We got one Friday. Um, so, you know, obviously you never know what's going to happen. We may have to change on Saturday morning, but that's just part of it. And, you know, we, we've made the players aware of it, and they understand it. You know, one of the things that, you know, obviously in 
being a part of covering you, Coach, for the last eight years and Gabe being in that room, I feel like I learn every single year more about just versatility. And you challenge your guys in that room. you got to know everyone's responsibility. If you're the center, you just don't know the center. You know, you've got to know right tackle, left tackle. How much – I mean, obviously that helps every year. But how much more does it help in a situation like this? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. I mean – you know, that's the one thing that we try to do. I mean, early on in guys' careers, you try to settle them into position. So if I'm the right tackle, I got to know what the right guard center are doing. And then obviously it just flips to the other side, even though you may not play that side. Um, but it's been huge right now. And I think we've got, you know, a, a good mix of experience coming back. Um, and then plus we got some really good young, talented guys. You know, the only thing that's been missing for some of these guys is a spring ball. And then when they've got to miss however many practices that they have to miss. But, you know, I feel good as long as we're healthy. We got, you know, guys out there that we're, we're going to be pretty good this year. Coach, you, you constantly talk about technique and, and you mentioned missing spring ball and guys being in and out of practice during training camp. Do you feel like the guys are at the point you want them to be technically? Because I know from experience, uh, that's that's a pretty big deal for you. Yeah, you know, Gabe, you know me well, Gabe. I don't know if they're ever where I want them to be. That's where it is. Um, do I do I feel good about where we're at just because of how much we've missed? Yes, and you know some of that goes back to we do have some guys with experience. They've been around me for a long time. They understand what I'm teaching. And the thing I like about this group, and we've probably had that for most of my career, is these guys are really coaching up the younger guys. We've got some really talented young dudes, um, and they're and they're doing it a lot on their own. You know, they're they're meeting with these guys, they're coaching them on the field. I can see it. Um, it's important to them. So the older guys have really helped out a bunch this year. With that in mind, you know, as we're chatting with Bill Biedenboe, we're going to go in depth on some of those individuals more in our second segment. But it is game week, obviously a unique preparation, as you brought up many times. Do you notice the intensity, the energy ramped up a little bit more, Coach, this week with the game day looming on Saturday? No, I think, I think you do. I definitely do. I mean, it's finally here. You know, if you look back, you know, two, I, I would say two weeks ago, I mean, with all these, you know, teams canceling football or postponing it, whatever the conference is can, canceling or postponing, I think, it, you know, a little doubt probably crept into their minds, which I can't blame them, you know, but um, they, they've done a good job of controlling what they can control. But yeah, now it's here. You know, we're playing. I mean, it's, it's Wednesday game week, you know, and like I said, I thought today was really good. I thought it kind of ramped up every day. Today was really good. Tomorrow and Friday are mental days and then it's ready to go play. So yeah, I feel it. I felt it probably more than at any point in time today is when I really felt it. Now, Coach, you always talk about it doesn't matter who is at the quarterback position. It doesn't matter who is playing running back. you got to block the same way. But with Spencer Rattler being named the starter, do you think the guys in your room feel a bigger sense of responsibility to make his life easier since he is an inexperienced player when it comes to game reps? You know, that's a good question. I, I would, the only thing I would say is I would hope not. I don't care, like, and you just said it best. I don't care who's playing quarterback, running back, receiver. It, it doesn't matter to me. You, you're blocking dudes, and that's your <laughs> job. You know what I mean? It doesn't 
doesn't matter who's back there. I don't think they do. I think they're really confident in him. We've been out there practicing with him. Um, he, he's a heck of a player. Obviously, he's a young dude, but you know he's doing a great job of being a leader. The guys respond to him well. Uh, he's playing well. So I, I would hope that they don't treat it any different than any other quarterback that was back there. And then one more quick one before we take a break and we dive into kind of the individuals. But I, I loved how you were laying out. There was a stretch where you saw conferences canceling and there might be some doubt that crept in. How important was leadership during that stretch to, to say, hey, we got we to do our job. We got to pay attention to our responsibilities. And kids see everything now, Coach, right? I mean, with social media. But how hard was it to kind of maintain the course? You know what? I never really – I mean, there were times when you could notice it a little bit. But I think the leadership at that point had to come from Coach Riley, had to come from the coaches. And I think, obviously, Coach Riley from the beginning of this has done an excellent job. He's put it on us to make sure we're doing it within our groups. And I think it works so well starting with him with the plan that we had and then trickling down to the coaches. And I think that the players, at least I hope, and, and I see, I saw that it did, you know, they saw it in us. You know, we were out there working like, who, who cares? I mean, all you can do is control what is happening today. You can't control tomorrow. You can't control 30 minutes from now. You, can't, you definitely can't control two weeks from now. So I think it just came from the top and then trickled down, and the players bought into it. And I think I feel really good about what they did up to this point. All right, we got another segment of the Coach Beadmoke coming up. But as the show progresses, we've got to come up with a fancy way to replace in layman's terms. So we came up with, at least for week one, Eichard's Intel, presented by Orthodontics exclusively. No, nothing rhymes with Gabe. Nothing <laughs> rhymes with Eichard. You're not going to get any cool wordplay uh, from my name. But None. So in, in lieu of, of breaking down zone blocking schemes or, or, or breaking down film. GT counter. Exactly. I, I thought it might be fun, coaches, just to kind of get an idea what was quarantine like for you? How was that time spent? And I don't know, what, what was unique about it for Bill Biedenboe and Meredy and the whole family? I'm not a very unique person. I mean, <laughs> I, I do very few things. But now, I will tell you this. The one thing that was good um, in this situation is I got to be around my family more. I, I saw them the last you know, more in the last three or four months, heck, it's maybe been even longer than that, than I have probably in the last eight years combined, which that was, you know, that was really, really good. Um, we got to go to Grand Lake. I mean, obviously, we were working from home. I got a little place up there so we could kind of go back and forth, which that was good to get away. But obviously, most of my time was spent with my family and then preparing for the season, you know, just thinking of different things that could come up, obviously preparing for the games. I mean, and it's crazy. I broke down every single play at Tennessee, and it, you know, it didn't take me very long. But I mean, I broke down every blitz, every front, every coverage, and heck, we're not even playing them. But the one thing, you know, and I think the, the really good thing about this time was I really got to teach the guys football, you know, really, really dive into just football and, you know, not just our schemes, but overall football, how the people play what do they look like when they're doing it running a certain coverage or a certain blitz and really dive into that which i think has really helped us great answer great i like this icards intel that's my kind of segment all right we'll take a time out when we come back let's go through some individuals that have caught coach's eye as we get set for the opener saturday night at six o'clock against missouri state it's the coach's corner coach's corner is presented by riverwind still the one academy sports and outdoors the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Anheuser-Busch. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. 
The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Final segment here with Bill Beedenbow on the Coach's Corner, presented by Riverwind, along with Gabe Eichert. I'm Chris Plank. And, you know, Coach, finally getting to kick off. Let's talk about some of your guys. And, Gabe, I think we got to start with the center position, right? Most important player on the field, Most important player on the field. Another year with Creed Humphrey. Where have you seen his biggest improvement from last year to this year in his preparation, Coach? I think uh, leadership has been his biggest improvement. Been really, really impressed with his leadership. I think, you know, and like I've said before, you know, he probably didn't have as good of a year last year as we expected or he expected. Uh, Would have been good for a lot of people. You know, he was just so dang good as a redshirt freshman and even a freshman. And there were some circumstances and things like that. And, you know, don't want to dwell on that. But he's back to where I think he should be where he was, and he's even beyond that as a player. But I think the leadership up to this point has been excellent. Um, You know, obviously, we've got some young dudes around him in different spots. Obviously, we've got experience on the offensive line, but, you know, he's done a great job. But when things haven't been going great, haven't been as consistent as you'd like, is rallying the guys. So I think right now that's been the biggest point of emphasis and the thing that he's really stepped up. Bill, you mentioned being able to teach your guys more football this offseason. Has Creed been one of those guys that's got a better understanding of, you know, what the defense is trying to do to you guys? And is that understanding that he now has, how important can that be to your entire offensive line? Oh, it's huge. As you know, I mean, that's that's the most important thing. Because the center here, and I can't speak for every offense, but in this offense and every offense I've been in, the center is getting everybody going in the right direction. So Creed has always been really, really smart. But just this offseason, the time that we've really had as a group um, to, to really go over those things and go more into detail, not the base stuff, but the, the fine details of it has really helped him become a better player. And it's helped everybody become a better player. You know, he can get out there and see things that are going to happen and he can alert everybody to it, you know. And our, I think our tackles, you know, have done a good job of that too. They're, they're extremely important out there on the edges because no matter how you want it to happen, the center can't see everything. But, you know, he's got a base ID, understands the formation, what the box should look like, what the safety should look like. And now he's got a really good chance to get us in the right situation. Now, Adrian Ely had a really nice season last year on the right side. He's a versatile guy, uh, kind of similar to what we asked about Creed. Where have you seen him step up and where do you kind of see his role in 2020? You know, I think he's just a better overall player. I think from the time he got here to right now, um, I think he's he's much better. You know, I think he's much better than when he even left off last season. I thought his best game was against LSU last year playing uh, the number 18 guy. I thought he had a really good game against him. I thought that that gave him some confidence. Um, he's taking that over. He's going to play left and right tackle, depending on the week. I'd like to keep him at right tackle, but you never know what's going to happen. I mean, he's going to rep it both. Uh, he has repped it both. Obviously has more reps, invests on the right side. He's got more of this fall on the left side. So um, really, really refining his pass set. That's where I think he has, has improved the most, and I think that's showing up. You know, Tyrese Robinson, the guy that played a lot, you guys last season a guy that is comfortable 
on the edge, uh, probably a better player on the interior. But that versatility is so important this year. Uh, what have you seen from Tyrese in camp? You know, I think I think he's like anybody else. I think his game has just improved, which you would expect going from a redshirt sophomore to a redshirt junior, having all those reps invested. Um, I think he's improved out on the edge. I think he's improved inside. I agree with you. He's probably a better interior player, probably feels better interior-wise. But, again, the situation we're in, who knows what's going to happen. You know, I mean, he's repping at both positions. He's repping at right guard and right tackle. He's taken some reps at left guard and drills for the most part. I mean, we're really literally moving guys around in drills, in team sessions, and all those things because you just never know what's going to happen this year. Now, we already talked about Creed, but what does the backup center position look like for you right now? Because, you know, we're talking about all these guys going from, you know, guard out to tackle or tackle into guard. But snapping the football is it's a different skill that you have to have lots of practice, especially, you know, full speed reps in practice. So and God forbid something happens to Creed with the contact tracing stuff for anything like that at some point oh, what's what's the backup center looking like yeah well creed's uh, i already told him he's got to be immune to all that stuff so, <laughs> I, mean, it, um, I mean he can't get it but um but ian mciver ian mciver's our backup right now Ian's a walk-on he he actually got a bunch of reps last year when we were up in games we put him in there early um and then we've got a couple other guys we got a freshman nate anderson he's been in and out a little bit up to this point which is uh you know tough on him you know it, he's playing a new position um right now um you know he played tackle in high school but i think he's done a nice job um, up to this point, Chris Murray, we'll find out what's going to happen with him. He's taking some reps at center. So we've got, you know, if we're healthy and everybody's out there, we've got three or four guys that, um, you know, I feel good about up to this point. All right, before we get to the Academy Sports and Outdoors Twitter question, Coach, Missouri State this weekend, uh, Bobby Petrino, their new head coach, kind of what do you expect from the Bears coming in on Saturday night? You know, first games, as, as you guys know, are always difficult to predict. And then they're even more difficult with the new staff. Um, you know, and then a guy that's never been a coordinator. You know, he's been on the staff at Louisville. He's been, you know, at Central Michigan. Um, obviously, we're watching both of those tapes. But we got to be ready to prepare, uh, excuse me, to adjust to everything that's going on. They've got, they've got some more junior college kids that they brought in that we've watched on junior college tape. You know, it's kind of, you know, we're guessing a lot. Where are these guys going to fit in? You know, they, they hadn't, uh, they had one scrimmage. You know, we, we don't have any tape on them. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's going to be, it's kind of a guessing game right now. Now, again, like I've talked to these guys, it all comes back to rules. Whatever the front is, whatever the play call we have, you know, it comes back to rules and following your rules. So, you know, I feel good, feel good about where we're at, feel good about being able to adjust. We've got experienced guys that have been through it. So, you know, we can come to the sidelines, we can make some adjustments. And, you know, it's just about going out there and playing as hard as you can, giving great effort, playing smart and playing physical. As has typified Coach's Corner, you guys get the last word. You can hit us up with questions at OU on the air. And the Academy Sports and Outdoor Twitter question this week for Coach Bill Biedenboe is, I believe it's focusing on your young guys. So, Coach, kind of give us an idea of who are some young guys that you're excited about seeing in 2020 on this offensive line. 
Well, if you're talking about freshmen, I, I feel really good about the freshmen that we brought in this year. Again, the, the situation is unique and um, where some of these guys have been in and out. But I, I feel really good about all these guys be eventually being good players. There's a couple that it's going to happen sooner. Um, then later, there's a couple guys that it's going to take a little bit of time, but, you know, feel really good about the whole group that we brought in. Well, let's go. Can't wait till Saturday night, Coach. Dave B. from Chickasha with the question. We appreciate your time. And, uh, boy, enjoy game day. It's got to be nice to be talking some football. Thanks for coming on the Coach's Corner, Coach. No doubt. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you. That's Bill Beanbow. We'll come back and talk about the Sooner defense with Alex Grinch next inside the Coach's Corner. This segment is brought to you by Community Coffee, family-owned Community Coffee, the official brewed coffee of OU Athletics. Taste the difference family makes. Welcome back to Coach's Corner along with Gabe Eichert. I'm Chris Plank. We're presented by Riverwind, and we went from offense with Bill Beanbow to now defense with the, the man that brought Speed D to Norman Alex Grinch here, too. Let's go, Coach. Thanks for joining us on Coach's Corner. Take us through the... The fun of actual game prep this week. What's it been like for you? Well, I think that's a great word for it. It actually is uh, is fun to to get back in the in the meeting room and and watch someone other than yourself. I mean, th this off season is as strange as it was. Probably provided you know provided too much of an opportunity just to to, to watch yourself and constantly evaluate um, uh, you know whether it's us against our offense or, or clips from last year. And so it's been fun to get back in there and kind of dive into uh, an opponent. Coach, you always talk about takeaways, takeaways, takeaways. It seemed like last year you were in some physical pain after a couple of games because you guys didn't get a couple. How has the message been this year? Has it been any different in practice? Has there been a bigger emphasis on it? Because I know that that's exactly what you want from this defense. And, and I don't know if we can make a bigger emphasis, and that, that's what I guess makes it so frustrating. Um, you know, I, and the, the, the evidence that we have in, in, in terms of why it is so important, you know, came at the end of ball games last year. And then so we saw, it, you know, making a play, Buki making a play against TCU. We say takeaways equal victory. You know, we, we, we see Piedmont make an interception late in the game in a two-point play scenario uh, against Iowa State. Um, you, you see Nick Benito make an interception in a two-minute scenario uh, down in Waco, Texas. And so uh, the, the, the message is still there. Obviously, we failed. We failed as a coaching staff uh, to, to ultimately get that, that point across on a week-in and week-end basis. Uh, and what you don't do is you don't make excuses for it. You, you, you put the, uh, the finger back at yourself and say, you know, what, what, what didn't we get accomplished? You know, what, were we, you know, not getting them in, in practice? Did we not make it evident enough to the, the, to, to the guys? In terms of what the expectation is, and the, and the main message this, uh, you know, off season, and obviously once we got to get back to playing real football, you know, was 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 finishing the mission. The mission is the football. Uh, we all have jobs, um, and it's not just okay to just simply do your job. That that's the bare minimum, certainly in year two. Uh, but the mission is the football, and so that that's just something that uh, is a constant emphasis because it controls outcomes of games. You know, Coach, I think I heard the analogy. They, they learned the language. Now it's, it's fully understanding it. Is there a moment where you're like, okay, they, they're starting to get it. This crew is starting to understand what my defense, what our defense is supposed to look like and be about. Yeah, I, I don't know if you could circle, you know, one individual moment. I, I will say this. I think if you pulled the defensive coaches, it, it's, it's more enjoyable to go to practice on a day-in and day-out basis because you're able to coach more football as opposed to, uh, you know, just simply coaching scheme. You know, when, when every day 
is just a regurgitation of the day before in terms of install and then reinstall and then tell them again the exact same uh, coaching point. And I'll use the example, you know, it's a critiquing business. Only one form of critique is, is to correct. And so if every day is you're, you're, you almost turn into a situation where you're a day behind, you know, what, what you do on Monday, then you correct on Tuesday, Wednesday's a correction of, of uh, Tuesday and on and on and on. Well, uh, eventually you got to go, you got to go execute at a high level. And so um, I, I would make that comment is, is that I don't feel like we're a day behind constantly. Obviously there's errors, you know, practice field is, is where you should make those mistakes as long as we're making them a thousand miles an hour, we can live with it. Um, but I think again, we're, we're able to, to, to coach more, individual uh, uh, techniques and fundamentals as opposed to so much of the big picture stuff and, and, and critique the little things and, and enhance the things that we're actually doing right, not just fix the things that we're doing uh, wrong. And so that's an ongoing thing that never goes, you can be year seven of the defense, that never goes away. Um, but, but, but certainly I think, you know, guys have an understanding of uh, expectations, whether it's just jogging on and off the field and whether it is finishing with, with the attempt to, to make a takeaway on every single play of, of practice. Save your voice a little bit as a coach. <laughs> now, Coach, so those veteran players now that have been in the system, they understand the expectations, but they also understand the scheme. How important are those guys when it comes to teaching the young guys that you may put out on the field this year? Because it seems like that would take a little bit off your plate when those players can just police each other and explain the expectations and what a young guy may or may not understand about a certain coverage or alignment, things like that. Well, it's a great point because, you know, a lot of times in the first year, you know, everybody is, is some level of a, a first-year guy. And, and obviously you want to give credit where credit is due for those individuals like, you know, the, the, the you know, Canines of the world and, and the, the, the Neville Gallimore guys that played a lot of football. I would never accuse them of, of being at the same level where the freshman was a year ago. But the same token is, you know, everyone's first year in, in, in a lot of respects. And so, you know, when, when we say, okay, this is the expectation of how we practice, for instance, and, and there's that there's that evaluation stage where guys are saying, well, is this how we practice on, on Tuesdays? Is this how we practice if we have full pads on? You know, they can't actually be serious that we're going to practice this way when we don't have pads on or, or you know, expect us to do this every single day. And so some of those things are just, you know, the, the, the product of year one. And so uh, to your point, in, in, in year two, you know, we're, we're t you know, younger guys, you know, watch the older guys. Well, that, those are things you can't, you, you can't say in year one. Um, and, and it's only as good as what those older guys do. So if the returning guys aren't playing at a high level and you're trying as a coaching staff to get them off the field by your younger group, then obviously then uh, it doesn't work uh, uh, in your favor. But, uh, you know, credit goes to the guys that we had, you know, returning players, guys that have been in the scheme, uh, been, been very pleased with, with overall, you know, leadership by example. And, you know, really until you get in, in, into games, you know, the, the, the vocal leader is only so much. You, you have to play in a high level to, to command the room. But the leadership by example right now, uh, I've been, been very pleased with those older guys. Yeah, and we're going to talk about some of those individuals coming up in just a bit. But you mentioned the coaching staff. You do have a new member on the defensive coaching staff this year in Jamara Kane. How have you seen him fit in and kind of the job that he's done in your system? Well, you know, when, when, when Coach McGill uh, left us, I mean, there, there, there is no one probably you know, more respected on, on a national level. I mean, let alone guys that work with him in, in a year in a year out basis. You know, there, there's a void in your room when Coach McNeil leaves you. That, that's, that's just the right way it is. And so what, what you have to do is you got, you got to replace that. You got to fill the void, and then your job is to enhance. I mean, that, that's, that's what you have to do. You're at Oklahoma. 
you know, and so when, when, when Coach Riley and myself, you know, had, had conversations about who do we bring in, you know, the, the, the asterisk on everything in terms of who that individual is we're going to take a look at was we're at Oklahoma. The standard is so, so high. And so, you know, what Coach Kane brings is, is uh, uh, you know, a, a number of stops along the way at high-level places at every different level. You know, don't discount, you know, winning national championships at North Dakota State. Um, it's hard to win at any level uh, and, and certainly to do so at a consistent level. So he, he's been, you know, relatively speaking, at, at, at a program like in Oklahoma that the expectations are to win every football game. Um, but, but you know, r really was a guy that, uh, you know, I, I've never worked with. Um, I, I got a lot of respect for uh, him and, and, and kind of common uh, uh, friends in the business uh, over the years that I respect and trust. Um, and, and then, you know, an, an opportunity to, to get in front of Coach Riley and, and, and absolutely hit a home run. He did in the interview process, and we did uh, from a hiring standpoint. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more from Alex Grinch. But before we get there, in place of layman's terms this year, we've got uh, what is it? Eichard's Intel. But it's, it's a horrible it, name, but it's, it's all we name. got. We, we got to come up with something to be creative and make our friends over at Orthodontics exclusively happy. But instead of breaking down film, Coach, I'm curious, uh, were there moments during Zoom meetings or film sessions whenever you're in quarantine and you got to shoo the kids away or they're jumping in on it? What was that like for you during that time when you were at home with the fam? Well, it, it was unique. And, and uh, you know, at the same token, you, you forget, though, but you know, they were on their own Zoom, Zoom meetings, right. you know, and so it, it was more them telling me to shut up uh, or be quiet as, as opposed to the, uh, uh, to the other way around. So now that was a unique time that, that uh, you know, early on we said, you know, this might be something our kids remember. Well, uh, you know, the, the, the duration that, that, that this all has lasted, they'll, they'll certainly remember this in their lifetime. All right. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back with Alex Grinch, talk about Missouri State's offense under Bobby Petrino, and, of course, some of the individuals that have caught his eye here inside the Coach's Corner. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics exclusively. Hey, Sooner fans, when you download the Chick-fil-A app and order, you can start earning points toward delicious rewards. Dr. Tim Shannon and Dr. Mark Revels at Orthodontics exclusively are proud to present the junior captain of the game. And are pleased to honor these guests as they take the field with our captains. For info on how your child can become the next junior captain, go to orthoexc.com. Final segment with Alex Grinch inside the Coach's Corner along with Gabe Eichert. I'm Chris Plank, and of course, we're presented as always by Riverwind. Coach, obviously we get a chance to talk about some of your guys. Let's focus on your, your secondary, specifically your safeties. Uh, at least in learning from you and watching your defense. I know you want to rotate a little bit more. So how have you seen that depth improve on that back end for you heading into 2020? Well, I think slowly but surely. I mean, the, the, the nice thing for us is, you know, having the experienced guys and uh, in DT and, and, and Pat Fields at the safety spots and Buki at the nickel spot. Um, so there, there's game experience there. Uh, you know, executing those things that, that we're going to ask those individuals to do. So I think on, on the front end of things, uh, been, been pleased with not where they were a year ago, but the progress they've made into year two. I mean, that, that's the critical aspect of things is, you know, what you're not 
is you know a year older means a year better and I think that's where a lot of times uh, you can fall into a trap and so one of the, one of the main message for all these guys was we don't want to coach the same guys we coached in 2019 now uh, for us it's it's they don't want to be coached by the same coaching staff they had in 2019 so that's all of us you know getting better uh, in every way but I think it starts with that first group and then you know Woody Washington that they, they got some you know thrown into the fire in a national semifinal game and and, and uh, was was pleased and you know a guy that had a very limited role for us you know was a guy that we redshirted last year I think he, has, he had a good uh, fall camp uh, Jeremiah Cradell's another guy redshirt freshman uh, in, in the mix back there that I've uh, been pleased with that at Bryson Washington, a true freshman out of Houston. It's gotten a lot of work for us. You know, you got the Swiss Army knife and Trey Norwood, you know, as, as he's coming back uh, from injury, got some, some reps back there. And so just kind of seeing how all those pieces uh, kind of fall into place. But uh, uh, no, but been, uh, you know, pleased with, again, wh where are we compared to 2019? This is the 2020 version. Now you got to go do it when the, when the lights come on on game day, but uh, been, been pleased with progress. Coach, I've heard you talk about the improvement you've seen this offseason from Trey Brown. Like, he, he's almost a different guy. Uh, just, just how much better is he looking heading into this year? And oh, is, is kind of the sky the limit for this guy with that speed that he's got? Well, and, and, and I try to be positive about everybody, and I have a, I have a tendency to, uh, you know, maybe focus on the plays that they don't make as opposed to the ones that they do. And so to, to imply Trey, you know, had, had you know a bunch of struggles last year would not be accurate. You know, Coach Manning does a great job, you know, with that corner room. Um, but, but you know, for, for me to say that, and again, that what you do in practice is a big deal, but ultimately you're judged by what, what you do on Saturdays. Um, been very pleased with, with Trey's progress. If I had to highlight one individual just from a practice standpoint, we mentioned being a different guy than they were in 2019. Uh, Trey Brown would be at the top of that list. And so uh, that's something that, that obviously has to, to show up uh, on Saturday night, specifically this week and as we go through the season. But, uh, you know, uh, for, for a guy going into, uh, you know, a senior campaign and then has experience and all that, uh, you know, it, it should look that way. You know, that, that's kind of the message for him is this is the progress uh, that's expected of you. Um, but, but all the same, Ben, uh, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's nice talking about the positive rolling into week one as opposed to all the corrections we have with, with 72 hours to go uh, at corner. Yeah, and then obviously those, those big uglies, those big nasties up front help make a difference. But a little turnover in that interior of the defensive line and obviously on the defensive line itself, uh, names like Marcus Stripling, LaRon Stokes. Who are we keeping an eye on, Coach, heading into Saturday? Well, I, I think it's going to be, you know, by committee, and I think that's by design. You know, it, it, uh, you know, to single out, you know, one name, um, there, there's going to be several, I, you know, our, our hope would be that, that can make an impact in our defensive front. You know, secondary coach by trade my entire career. The first stat I look for on, on, on Saturday night after games is TFLs and sacks because that, that, those are the, the negative plays that uh, uh, have a, a huge impact on, it, on, it, on everything uh, from an offensive standpoint. And so, uh, no, you're, you're, you're talking about a Marcus Stripling. You're talking about a young guy and a Reg, Reggie Grimes. You know, you're, you're talking about John Michael Terry in our front. You know, by the way, who was a starter for us before injury last year. Nick Benito, you know, going to a sophomore uh, year. Laurent Stokes, you know, who was a junior college guy. A year, John, Josh Ellison, Perrion Winfrey, Corey Roberson. The nice thing is those names are kind of at the tip of my tongue. You know, Isaiah Thomas has had a tremendous camp and been, been very pleased with him. I mean, all, all he does is do everything right and play 1,000 miles an hour. I mean, those, those, those are guys that, that can make an impact for you. So, um, no, it, it, uh, it's good to mention a lot of names, and uh, um, it, it's something that uh, is a critical element to, to everything we try to be on defense.
Now, Coach, you lose Kenneth Murray there uh, at the inside linebacker position. How do you feel about where you're at currently with that, with those two positions that I, I know are so key in your defense? Well, taking a look at David Awebu at, at inside linebacker, played a bunch of outside linebacker for us uh, a year ago. Maybe where you know, uh, you know finding the, the best home for for him. You know, going into the sophomore year, but he'll play some inside linebacker for us. You know, Deshaun White, uh, you know, 14 game starter for us uh, uh, a year ago. Uh, Brian Asamoah, who was a rotational guy for us. And another guy I would highlight that that's, that's really from a 2019 uh, where I think there there were some flash plays but not enough consistency. Um, you know I, I felt like uh, uh, he's he's one of those guys that we continue to highlight as we go through uh, camp. You know uh, Jamal Morris is a young guy. Shane Witter is a true freshman coming in there. Um, you know Brian Mead who's played for us uh, again. For the, it, it's a uh, uh, a group that uh, you know ha has some some experience. Uh, certainly, um, and, and might, might be a little bit deeper than we were a year ago, um, and, and, and obviously, you know, an elite talent in, in, in Kenneth, but um, that, that we need to, to replace and, and need to do it with, with more than one name, you know, a, a guy that, uh, uh, at that level. But, uh, uh, no, it's been a good fall camp for those guys, and they've, they've been running the, running the show in terms of uh, uh, everything we ask our inside linebackers to do. What's that adjustment been like for the guys like Robert Barnes and Jamal Morris who have moved to the inside? I mean, that's... Seems like one heck of a challenge, Coach, when you're going from that safety position to that interior linebacker spot. You know, it is. And I, and I would say, you know, probably the hardest position in college football, uh, you know, in, in, in this day and age is probably linebacker because of the constant conflict between run and pass, um, all that goes into the side-to-side -side jet sweeps, you know, tight ends coming back. You know, uh, and and you know, just just you know, our offense highlight. And then the guards are pulling. And oh, by the way, if it's a pass, you got a pass responsibility. And so, you know, some some guys that have played in the secondary, you know, kind of that, that transition becomes a little bit easier maybe than than it would have been 10, 15 years ago. And then so much of the plays that you're making are now in space. And so, uh, no, but been 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 pleased with their progress uh, through camp. All right, coach, we're going to get you out of here with one more question. It's the Academy Sports and Outdoor. Twitter question. Every single time we talk to a coach, you get the last words. And Dave wants to know something that I think is on everyone's mind. What young players are you excited about? Every year we're, we're focused on the new. Who are some young guys that you're excited to see on the field Saturday night, Coach? Well, the, the answer is several. And, and, and you know, what, what you try to manage expectations for some of these young guys. I haven't played a college football game yet. Um, but, but you know, I'm excited about Reggie Grimes and Noah Renze in the front. And that, well, all these guys have a, a huge impact Saturday night. You know, it, 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 uh, we'll see. Um, but, but um, you know, Brendan Walker is another guy just absolutely thrilled with out of Oklahoma City. You know, been, been uh, physical. And, and, again, all, all he does is do everything to the best of his ability, play hard and play physical. All right, we'll find a spot for you. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, those guys, Shane Witter, you know, one, one, uh, just the, the speed at linebacker as we as we try to upgrade at every position, um, but uh, and then then some young secondary guys that I, I think uh, you know we we uh, we hit on the evaluation and and so um, no I, I think there's several I think you know got guys that uh, will, will be on the field early on Saturday you're talking about a Brendan Walker you're talking about a Reggie Grimes kind of highlight those two guys but uh, no I thought we had a, a, a good class a year ago not just out of Oklahoma City. Bishop McGinnis for Brennan Walker, okay, home go. of Gabe. That's it. Hey, hey Coach only good players come from that high school, baby. <laughs> we know you're busy. Thanks for your time. We can't wait to watch on Saturday night, man. All right, I appreciate you guys. It's the Coach's Corner, and the coaches are done, but we've got some work to do. We'll wrap it up with Gabe next. Final segment of the Coach's Corner, thanks to Bill Biedenboe and Alex Grinch. Real quick before we get Gabe's thoughts on the opener Saturday night against Missouri State, I want to remind everyone, 
A lot of new protocols in place if you're coming to the stadium. You can find information online at Soonersports.com. Uh, I mean, obviously, mask up. There's going to be social distancing rules in place. There's a little better breakdown on the visual side of things. 200-plus hand sanitizer. That's a lot of sanitizer. Throughout the stadium. But, again, I encourage everyone to check out Soonersports.com. All kinds of information on game day. We're finally at game day. There were doubts. There were doubts that this day would not come. Oh, my God. But it is here. It's here. So Saturday night, Missouri State, you know, as, as a player, you went through a lot of these now covering it. What, what are you looking for? What's kind of the mindset heading into this opener against Missouri State? It's all about the quarterback, right? Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see what Spencer Rattler can do, and not just from an individual standpoint. I want to see what the offense looks like because – I do think Spencer Rattler fits what Lincoln Riley likes to do offensively a little more than what we saw from Jalen Hurts last year. I think we could see, and maybe Lincoln Riley holds back a little bit with this being a matchup with Missouri State, but I think this offense is going to be the best version of Lincoln Riley's offense because I think Spencer Rattler is the exact type of quarterback that Lincoln Riley wants running his system. And it's only going to make Lincoln even more creative when it comes to play design. And that, if you're an opposing defense, <laughs> that is a horrifying thought. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nightmare of a thought, but so exciting for Sooner fans. How do you feel? You want, you want to do this again next week? You down for the rest of the year? Uh, same time, same place. Same time, same place. want to thank our producer, Whitney Viney. Great job in making sure that we didn't talk too long, which we inevitably did with Bill Beanbow and Alex Scrinch. And thanks to you for listening. We'll be here every single week on the Coach's Corner. Don't forget, if you miss us live on radio or on the TV side of things, we archive these on the podcast page at Soonersports.com slash podcast. For Gabe, I'm playing Game Day Saturday. Boomer Sooner, everybody. So there you have it. Sooner Sports Podcast on a Friday. Don't forget, as soon as the game wraps up on Saturday night, we'll have complete coverage for you on the podcast platform with the post-game show. So you'll hear from Lincoln Riley. I think Shane Beamer and Alex Grinch are with us post-game during the post-game show. And a handful of players also Uh, All the highlights from the game right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Have a great game day weekend, everybody. It's finally here, and Boomer Sooner.